Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. Air One is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. Hi, I'm Joel Reagan. Tonight on Closer Look, and learn more about kids first. Our guest is the executive director, Dr. Carla Johnson. She joins us tonight right here on 101.7 Air One. Thanks for talking with us tonight. Sure thing. Hi. Glad to have you on the program. Hey, let's find out more about Kids First, kind of what you guys do in the area with foster and adoptive care. Um, so let's talk about what, I guess, I guess the history and the mission of Kids First. Sure. The history of Kids First, we were incorporated in 2008, and we began uh, doing and contracting with the state of Texas, going through the licensing process. And in 2010, we started our operation and started recruiting foster and adoptive parents. And we have been recruiting and uh, doing foster care and adoptions ever since. Um, and then the um, mission uh, of Kids First is uh, we purpose to mentor families, giving them the tools for therapeutic intervention in order to help traumatized children move through their pain to a place of healing. So kind of the history and mission. How did it kind of get started? What was the idea that kind of began this? I personally started in foster care and adoption in the year 2000, working for other agencies um, as a case manager, as a program director. And, you know, an entrepreneur always thinks they can do things better. So that's kind of where that started from. Not to say there's not other great agencies out there. There are who do good work. But I just wanted it to be about the children. The name of Kids First is that's exactly at the heart of the people that work here that we really want to make our decisions based on what's best for the children in foster care and adoption. And you mentioned therapeutic. Obviously, that's a, I don't want to say a buzzword, but it's very important for a lot of children, that therapeutic foster care, those homes, that type of thing. For folks who don't know, what does that mean? That's a good question. Therapeutic is um, an approach that we take with working with traumatized children, children that have been abused and neglected, um, and they come into foster care, and the way to approach that child is very, very important. Uh, it's really a great time for people to become foster parents and adoptive parents because the research that's out there now on trauma-informed care really helps uh, caregivers work with children from traumatic backgrounds. Um, it's been researched that children that do not get the nurture and structure in a family, their little brains do not develop um, like God wanted our brains to develop. There are parts of their brain that are more strained, um, and they're basically living in their amygdala part of their brain. And so the children, that's the fight, flight, or freeze, uh, freeze part of the brain, and children mind and their thoughts stay in that piece of their brain. And so approach to approach a a child through a therapeutic intervention, we have to remember where are the children in their thought process? How does the children view the world? Um, how do they view that caregiver? And so to try to work with children from traumatic backgrounds, it's very important that we approach that child and handle that child with the therapeutic touch. And so through the training to become a foster and adoptive parent, we, uh, have trainings on how to do that through a therapeutic intervention. 
Has there been a lot of research over the last few years about this kind of approach and how it works? There is. There's lots of research. You can really go to YouTube and uh, research trauma-informed care, and you can have you will find so many different options there on trauma-informed care. One that we love, which is we're here local, is coming from TCU. The um, Karen Purvis Institute is in the Child Development Center there at TCU. It's called TBRI, which stands for Trust-Based Relational Intervention. And um, they have a program there that people can be trained and the, the research has come out of there uh, for this local area. But there's also other programs, nurturing parenting and different programs that are trauma-based Talking with Kids First Executive Director Dr. Carla Johnson tonight on Closer Look. This is 101.7 Air One. I'm Joel Reagan. Some folks may know these terms, but for folks who don't know, we've, we've mentioned foster adoption, and also I know kinship is also a, a, a term as well. For folks who don't know what that means, what are they, uh, kind of a Cliff Notes version, what do they mean? Kinship is the biological family of that foster child. It could be the grandmother, the aunt, the uncle that chooses to embrace that child and care for that child rather than they go into foster care. Then there's fictive kinship. And fictive kinship is basically friends of the family, somebody that the child may have uh, seen while they were with their biological family or they know while they're with their biological family. And so that's basically what kinship is. The state has been trying to keep children out of foster care and trying to keep them in their own family. How big is the need for foster adoption and kinship parents in the, in the area that you serve? There is a, a great need. There's always more children than there are families, especially for the children that start around age nine. Age nine and up, the research has shown that um, that it's harder to place those children in uh, families, even foster families, and especially children with uh, siblings of two or more. Usually foster and adoptive families want to start with one child or they want to start, you know, with a young child, which we totally get and totally understand that. And we know that they're only trying to be careful and wise. But the children that are in the greatest need are those children nine and up and those children that are with a sibling set and um, also medically needy children are very hard to place in foster and adoptive homes. Is it true as well that the older they get, the harder it is to place them and the more likely they're going to age out of the system? That's that's likely, yes. Um, Again, those that are nine and up um, will age, a lot of times will age out of the system. As well as we're talking, you know, of course, we're going through the COVID-19 pandemic. And how has that kind of affected everything that you're doing in the child welfare overall? Yes, it, uh, it's been a great impact on us. A lot of changes in policies, a lot of changes in our approach and procedures, a lot of snags. Of course, the number one snag is and, and concern that's understandable are the foster families and adoptive families that are concerned with children coming into their home that may have been exposed to COVID before they got there. Also, these families or these children have these children have to uh, go to their biological visits every week. And so they're going to their biological visits and are they practicing social distancing at the visits? You know, that's a high concern. We are in full support of those visits, but those visits had to go to Zoom. The judge had to approve the, the visits to go to Zoom. Some 
uh, judges thought that they needed to continue in person. Um, and so those that's been the greatest impact. Uh, but then other things of recruitment and uh, families getting, renewing their CPR class. Could you do it in person? Do you not do it in person? Those type of things are some snags as well that we've had to really work around. Also as well with the school being kind of out in the, in the spring and such with kids not around, mandated reporters and such, is there a worry of kind of a, an influx of cases uh, in the future? Yes, um, that is a really a lot of times during the summer, even before COVID, uh, the referrals of children into the CPS system are usually down because a lot of the referrals do come from school uh, where the children are in the school. And then in the fall, it usually picks back up, sadly, but it picks back up. And so that is a great concern about what is going on uh, in the homes and are the children safe and do they have a voice? And the, the concern is is great there, as well as our foster families having to play dual roles, just like any family is uh, having to go through right now, that they're having to be the teacher and work from home and maintain their sanity as well. So lots of concerns and stress level is high. Not to mention for everybody, the medical concerns and, of course, the economic concerns that have kind of been all around the country because of what's been going on. Right. Of course, it's been an extra budget item for us agencies that we were not prepared to, you know, pay for masks and plexiglass in the office and, you know, different things like that that we've had to also work with. And so um, we're trying to advocate to the state office, you know, for extra funding for that first agency. So every agency has had to uh, come up with a new budget item. <laughs> Right. Kind of playing by all new rules these days. Uh, Talking with Kids First Executive Director, Dr. Carla Johnson, on Closer Look tonight, you're listening to 101.7 Air One. I'm Joel Rakin. So if someone's listening and they're thinking, you know what, I want to help in some way, but I don't know anything. Maybe I've raised my own kids or are raising them, or maybe I've never raised kids at all. Um, what? How does the process work? How do they contact you and express interest, that type of thing? Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, they just need to attend an orientation, and right now we're doing those via Zoom. Uh, Kids First has an orientation every week at 5.30 and 6.30 uh, via Zoom, and if those times don't work, we can talk with them at a time that best fits their schedule. And they attend the orientation, and they can start the process. Um, I like to describe the process in, in thirds. Uh, basically, a third of it is training. A third of it is providing lots of documents, such as marriage certificate, divorce decrees, floor plans, car insurance, the list goes on. Then the last third is their home study piece, which is where we do have to come into their home, but we follow all COVID, all COVID rules. Nobody goes into the home that's had the symptoms, et cetera. And we do a home study, and that's the home study piece where that's the last step. We do their health and fire. And that's basically the process to become a foster or a foster to adopt family. And we welcome families that's never had children before. That's uh, They're very welcome. How important is, is this training and kind of what is covered uh, in some of this training? I like to call the training uh, just really one large orientation. It's really hard. They get that 30-minute orientation, but it's really hard to tell them everything in the orientation. Of course, it's a overview, but in the 
actual classes. They learn about the children, their abuse and neglect um, in general. They learn about grief because the children are grieving. Uh, They learn uh, many of our children um, have come from a uh, sexual abuse background. They learn about sexual abuse and prevention. It is a tough topic, but it is one that we have to discuss. They learn about restraints just in case there might be a restraint or how to de-escalate the children. That trauma-informed care is also taught. TBRI, which is Trust-Based Relational Intervention out of TCU, is taught here at Kids First. And instead of trying to tell the parents all the things they can't do, we really try to emphasize a lot of the things they can do um, to help de-escalate a child. And again, I'd like to reiterate the research out now is really a great help. It's one of the best trainings that I've been in, and I've been in this business 20 years, and it's one of the best trainings that our foster families can use. It's very practical on all the things that they can do to discipline a child, to redirect a child, and to help with that therapeutic intervention. And then, of course, there's lots of policies, a lot of do's and don'ts. We go over the policies as well, and, of course, your CPR first aid. Is it also a challenge sometimes, maybe with dealing with families who have children who aren't dealing with these issues, these trauma issues, or maybe folks who have never had a kid before to kind of you know teach them how this works and how to work with a kid who's got trauma like that? Yes, we uh, we do try to with children, uh, families who never had a, a child themselves and new to foster care. We're very careful with what we play. Sometimes. The families get a little, you know, antsy about wanting to hurry up and get their first kid. But we at Kids First realize that they're, they mean well, but we don't want to set them up for a failure. We really try to make sure that this child fits their home and that we are there for them along the way. It's not like the child's dropped off into the home and we're, we're no, nowhere to be found. We have a, a 24-7 call that they can call us anytime, 24-7 phone that they can call us anytime with any problems. We're in their home monthly. The first 30 days the child is there, we're in their home several times because the child's new to their home. And we we provide therapy for them. There's a psychologist involved. There's a CASA worker, court-appointed state advocate for the child, and uh, sometimes two therapists that can come into the home if the child has the severe behaviors. But we're not even allowed to put a therapeutic child in a brand new home anyway until they have their supervision hours. And so it's it's done very carefully. Kids are not just dropped off and put into their homes and for them to fend for themselves and work with the children. Kids First has a hands-on approach. We love going into the home ourselves and actually helping with the families and with the children because we really do care about the kids. We care about the success of the families. So obviously the training, very, very important. And like you said, you're kind of coming alongside as they go through this journey, because obviously um, there's a lot of things maybe that, you know, you can't cover in a one size fits all training when, when, the, when children are placed in a home. Yes. Um, and we also offer um, something that we call that we made up here at Kids First is therapeutic support and conversations, which is um, our families can come into the office before COVID, but Zoom now, and they talk about their frustrations. And we usually have a therapist here with us. We have a psychologist sometimes attend. We have an adult foster kid that attends these therapeutic support conversations. Um, And this particular Saturday, we're actually going to be out at a camp, and we're going to be doing camp with our kids um, 
uh, zip lining, rock climbing with our families, uh, lake activities with our families. And they're going to, that morning, the families will be learning straight from TCU, from um, a, a staff there that's going to be talking with them about therapeutic interventions. And so we have a couple counts a year for our families. We have therapeutic support conversations every week for our families to where they come and they talk about particular crisis that's happened. We ask them what kids first could have done better to help them through that crisis. And again, we tell them what we thought they could do to maybe make a better impact the next time, a better uh, intervention the next time. And so we were able to discuss these difficult situations without being in the middle of those difficult situations with the kids. And so it's kind of more of a preventative thing to where we try to work with our families on a monthly basis. And that's really taken off really well. Talking about kids first tonight, the executive director, Dr. Carla Johnson is our guest on Closer Look. You're listening to 101.7 Air One. I'm Joel Reagan. You can find out more about them. Kidsfirstinc.net is their website. Um, maybe if you have a story you can tell us about maybe you can see the impact of these services, the impact of foster parents, adoptive parents, kind of on these children's lives? Sure. Um, we have lots of success stories. Um, I guess one of the ones I'd like to bring up is I, we had a foster teen in our care at one of our homes, and she emancipated from the system and has since gone to college, uh, working on her degree, and she's come back to Kids First to interview for an internship and possible uh, position here at Kids First. That was before COVID. I'm not sure where all that is now, but she is such a blessing to see our, our kids grow up, our teens grow up, and to want to come back to work here. Um, so I consider that a, a success story. And she said that Kids First was always good for her and was there for her, and she wants to come back and work. We have another teen who's now adult that emancipated from the system, and she uh, is a part of our therapeutic support and conversation. She comes back and guides our parents and tells her story. I love it when the kids come back. And then um, we have a 17-year-old uh, teen boy that was kind of lost in the system. When I say lost, our foster parent, our foster parent, adoptive parent was trying to locate him. Had a hard time um, finding him. And so this foster to adopt parent that we have was determined to find him. And so she found him. He ended up coming back and living or coming to her home, being adopted by her at the age of 17. He was 17 years old and he was adopted at 17. So we have some great stories um, where we see the results a little later um, with our families. So ways folks make an impact. So if so, folks want to help in some way, they want to learn more about being a foster, uh, adoptive or kinship parent or want to help, or maybe obviously do, do, are donations important? How can folks help you guys in this effort? Sure. Um, donations always help. Uh, we don't need the donations for our operational expenses. The state pays us um, when we get paid from the state for keeping kiddos. We uh, we have the money for that, but we would love to offer the extra things, especially now with kids uh, having to go to school at home, maybe the things that they need for home. And then these teenagers that um, are emancipated out of the system to give them a laptop before they go off to college and the the dorm room, um, 
you know, supplies that they need to go off to college. We have Christmas time where the kids um, are, they want to see Santa Claus too, and they want just as many toys as everybody else. So Christmas time is a big thing. And our foster families, you know, Christmas time is usually a burden financially for a lot of people and especially foster families with that. Um, And then we do our camps. Uh, we do camps, and that's an extra thing that our agency does that we don't have to do. So we would love for the money to go there as well. Um, so there's lots of different ways that they can give financially. And then even just to be a respite, you, you do have to have, you know, go through a few steps to do that. But our families need a break, and they're not allowed to leave the kids with just anybody. It has to be approved by kids first, and so, uh, which is what the state asked us to do. And so, we just really could use some babysitters and some people that wouldn't mind taking a few steps to become a, a respite babysitter for our families and give our families a break. Lots of ways folks can help. Kids First, Inc.net, the website. Is that probably the uh, good resource, the first step for folks if they want to help out in some way? They can do that, or they can uh, email me at info at kidsfirstinc.net, I-N-F-O at kidsfirstinc.net, or just go to the website, and that email is on the website as well. And you guys have orientations uh, once a week, correct? Once a week on Tuesdays. On Zoom. And, of course, folks can find out the information there on the website by contacting you as well. Info at kidsfirstinc.net, the website. Uh, we've got about a minute or so. Uh, any Anything else you want to add? Any misconceptions folks have that you want to address? Um, yes. Uh, misconceptions. There are misconceptions. Um, a lot of times the community that's not... Um, familiar with foster care and adoption, there's that misconception that people are in it for the money. Um, And that is true. There are some people that do, but the majority of these families are not in it for the money. And so they're in, in it for helping the children reunify back to their families. It's such a sad thing for children to be taken from their biological family and to try to help them be put back with their families, a great thing. And so many times, Um, that is a misconception, but there are so many families that are in it for the right reason for these children. And now the state even makes the families prove that they have income for their own expenses before they can ever become a foster adopted family. So that's taken care of up front. Um, If I had to throw anything else in there, I'd love to let you know about a devotion that I just wrote. It's called You Matter, and it is also on the website. It's going to print. It's not printed yet, but it's going to print. I have a heart for foster families, and I feel like sometimes the agencies are put in a tough place sometimes, you know, to hold the families accountable to the standards and the things that the state wants. Um, And so I really wanted to be able to speak with the families on a daily basis, and I can't do that as we grow. So the Lord laid it upon my heart to write a devotion for foster parents. And so it's going to go to print here shortly, and it's called You Matter because the foster families really do matter. The adoptive families really do matter. And I think sometimes they get overlooked um, and they're not looked at as a professional member of a, a professional team, but they are. And so we love our foster families. We love supporting our foster families. And that's where the motive for that devotion came from. 
Folks can find out more about that devotion you matter on the website, kidsfirstinc.net. Dr. Carla Johnson of Kid First, Kids First, really appreciate your time tonight telling us more about what Kids First is doing and the need in the area. Appreciate you being on the show tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you. You can find out more about Closer Look on 101.7 Air One, or you can send us feedback. Our email address is closerlook at airone.com. That's closerlook at A-I-R, the number one, dot com. For Closer Look, I'm Joel Reagan. This has been Air One Closer Look. Find us online at airone.com.